Welcome to the Daily Dose, where we are currently walking through an overview of the entire Bible. Join us today as we learn the story of Scripture and see God's redemptive plan through Christ from cover to cover. Let's listen to Matt Reister, Director of Christian Crusaders and the Cedar Falls Bible Conference. Today we're going to finish Matthew chapter 4. We'll be in 23 through 25, and then I'm going to give you a brief introduction to the Sermon on the Mount, which starts in chapter 5. We'll start that tomorrow and for a few days following one of Jesus' most popular sermons, one of the most popular passages in Scripture. But first, Matthew 4, 23 through 25. And he went throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. So his fame spread throughout all Syria, and they brought him all the sick, those afflicted with various diseases and pains, those oppressed by demons, epileptics, and paralytics, and he healed them. And great crowds followed him from Galilee and the Decapolis, and from Jerusalem and Judea, and from beyond the Jordan. So here Jesus' ministry really ratchets up in a public sense. He's been baptized, he's been tempted in the wilderness, he's called his first disciples, and now he's going out to proclaim the gospel of the kingdom. And we see an interesting kind of one-two punch in Jesus' ministry. Many ministries, churches, have tried to adopt this philosophy themselves. Jesus is both meeting people's physical needs, we'll see this over and over in the gospel, their physical needs, but also address their spiritual needs. He's healing them of every disease and affliction, for example, and he's proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, which is spiritual in nature. This is also interesting because when you see people being healed of every affliction and every disease, when he's casting out demons and healing epileptics and paralytics, this is a foreshadowing of what it will be like in the eternal kingdom where there will be no tears, no sadness, no sickness. And this gospel of the kingdom, which Jesus is proclaiming, is going to be the very thing that when it is culminated at the end of days, and the people who have put their faith and trust in Christ have gone on to the new heavens and the new earth to live with him forever and ever, that's what it's going to be like all the time. A state of perpetual perfection, uh, no sickness, no disease, etc., etc. You also see in here that Jesus is going beyond Jerusalem. The Decapolis is largely Gentile, meaning that people who lived there were not Jewish by bloodline. They weren't part of God's family in terms of being sons and daughters of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and their descendants. You go beyond the Jordan, again, there's more Gentiles. Galilee is an area that is filled with many Gentiles. And so Jesus is taking this message of the gospel outside of just the Jewish people. This is going to be one of the things that obviously ruffles their feathers. He hangs out with sinners and he hangs out with people who aren't part of the Jewish family. Some of the people within the Jewish family think that this message, this Messiah who was to come, is only supposed to serve them and give them good news and protect them and raise them to prominence with no regard for people who aren't Jews. But Jesus is proclaiming the message of the kingdom to Gentiles as well. And we can be thankful for that because most of us are Gentiles. I don't know a lot of people who were direct descendants of Abraham, Isaac, or Jacob. In other words, we're outsiders. But Jesus opens up the gospel. It's been God's plan from the beginning of time that his redemptive plan would be opened up to anybody from any tribe, tongue, or nation. And you and I are part of that if we're not part of the Jewish bloodline. We're part of outside tribes, outside tongues, outside nations. And through faith in Christ, we've been grafted into his family. And this is the good news of the gospel. So let's say a couple words about the Sermon on the Mount, which is going to start tomorrow, Matthew chapter 5 and following. This is the first of five 
major discourses that Jesus gives in the book of Matthew. The second one is in Matthew 10. The third one is Matthew 13. The fourth one is Matthew 18 through 20. And the fifth one is Matthew 24 through 25. There's another sermon that is recorded in the book of Luke chapter 6. And sometimes that's referred to as the Sermon on the Plain. So here in Matthew 5, which we'll start tomorrow, you've got the Sermon on the Mount. We'll start with the Beatitudes right out of the gate tomorrow. And then in Luke chapter 6, you've got the Sermon on the Plain. Now, if you're familiar with the Gospels, there's a lot of content that is common in all of the Gospels. And so we'll hear some parables, we'll hear some stories, we'll hear some narratives in three out of the four Gospels. Others we'll only hear in one Gospel. And that's just because some of this material is covered by all four Gospel writers, and some of it is only covered by one or two. So there's some question when you compare this Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5 with the Sermon on the Plain in Luke 6, which we'll eventually get to. A couple ways to understand that. First of all, some people believe that Jesus, as an itinerant preacher, often covered the same material or basically the same material. My experience with this has been out on the campaign stump with political candidates. You know, whether you're in this town or that town, you're pretty much going to hear the same thing, but it varies a little bit. So one way to understand it is that these are two different sermons that were given. Another way to understand it is that it's the same sermon recorded in two different ways. Matthew and Luke each have a different perspective on what Jesus said. They remember different things, and so they include different components of that same sermon in each of their accounts. There's a third way to understand this that is pretty much rejected by evangelicals, and that is that Matthew or Luke or both of them just took sayings that Jesus said throughout his ministry and compiled them into a summary and called it the Sermon on the Mount. Problem with that view is that it seems to undermine the truthfulness of how Matthew presents this as an historical event. And I've talked about this before. Sadly, this third view is being taught in many seminaries, along with just an overall perspective that undermines the authority and the inerrancy of Scripture. So this third view it has to be rejected if you're serious about the authority and the inerrancy of Scripture. And we don't know exactly between the first and second view what's going on. But we'll present it to you and you can decide for yourself as we unpack the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5 starting tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. The Daily Dose is a podcast of Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministry. Please subscribe to this podcast, leave a five-star rating, and prayerfully consider financially supporting our ministry at ChristianCrusaders.org, where you can also find our weekly 30 minute radio broadcast which airs on stations around the world and where you can listen to our conversations podcast featuring inspiring interviews with interesting christians we also want to highlight two ministry partners first is the cedar falls bible conference whose conference videos and schedule of year-round events and activities are available at cedarfallsbibleconference.com and please consider joining us for their 101st annual conference on saturday july 30th through saturday august 6th in 2022 Second, if you or someone you know could benefit from an anonymous online Christian mentor, please visit issuesiface.com, which is provided by Power to Change Digital Strategies, our other ministry partner. Thank you for listening, and may God richly bless you.